Hello, everyone. Hopefully you're having and or had a good day today. Welcome or welcome back to Beyond the Garment with your boy, your host, your John's enthusiast, me, Drew Joyner. <laughs> I come to you guys this week a little bit sick. Um, we were in New York last week. I'll touch on why we were there, but I have my tea with me right here. I'll give you guys a little ASMR sip. Let's see if it transfers to the microphone. Yeah, got some good tea right there. But yeah, your boy's a little bit under the weather, um, and that's okay though, because I didn't want to miss two weeks in a row. I've been consistent over the last 11 weeks of the podcast, and we took a trip to New York last week, and I just could not keep up. Uh, I was good when we went to Toronto. I, I was on time. You know, I made sure to get an episode out, but going to New York, we were there for a week, and it made it pretty difficult to actually record a podcast. When you're in New York, you're doing a lot of stuff, so... That's why I'm going to give myself a pass on last week's absence, absence, absent, ab, ab, oh my God, see, getting to these roles, absence, last week's absence. So um, before we kind of dive into everything, if you enjoy this podcast, if you have listened to multiple consecutive episodes, be sure to give us a five-star review on either Apple or Spotify. It would mean the world to me trying to get 100 reviews on Apple. We have well over 100 trying to get 200 reviews on Spotify. So shout out to everyone who's left a review. You are the best. (laughs) So last week, as I mentioned, we were in New York and New York is an animal in and of itself. It's its own kind of beast, right? Whenever you're, or whenever I seem to go to New York, there's a whole different kind of energy that comes along with traveling to New York City, and um, this experience was no exception. We were in New York from October 4th to the 11th, um, and that's Tuesday to Tuesday. If you want any advice, if you want to travel, uh, travel during October and travel during the middle of the week if you have the opportunity to, if you work remotely or if you just can. Ticket prices were pretty cheap for going to New York in October, and um, it was a good time. I think the no, I think the primary reason we were there was because of a pop-up, Collegium, a footwear company that specializes in Italian leather footwear, decided to do a remote pop-up in New York City, and they invited us out by us, I mean Lauren and myself, and. It was quite a trip. So the pop-up was on the Saturday of October the 8th. We got in on October the 4th, which is a Tuesday, like I mentioned. And so we had a couple days beforehand to kind of explore the city and just try to squeeze as much as we could out of the time spent in New York so that we aren't just all dedicated to the pop-up so that we could do other things as well. And while we were there, we did a lot of exploring. I visited one of my absolute favorite manga stores, which was Kino Kuniya, and we picked up a ton of books from there. Um, Funny enough, like, if you don't know this, I'm a huge, huge manga fan. I have stacks of mangas behind my recording setup where I'm recording right now, and it's just something that I've, I don't know, grown more and more fond of over the years. I know it's a very popular thing as well right now, like, anime and manga has only grown in popularity, Um, but... At Kinokuniya in Manhattan, in New York, this storefront is a massive, massive just building of straight books as far and as long as the eyes can see. And it makes me so happy to be able to actually visit there. I actually have a I have a membership card there, so I get a bit of a discount. And um, yeah, it's always fun visiting Kinokuniya. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but Kinokuniya is awesome. 
Um, we also visited some very just traditional spots for us in New York, whether it be like pizza spots, bakeries. Um, we tried uh, Levain cookies, heard about the hype about Levain, and those are some damn good cookies. Really enjoy Levain. Um, what else did we do before the pop-up? You know what? We went to um, New York City Comic Con. It was a kind of very like nerdy trip. Like It wasn't very fashion-y. Like, I didn't really care to go to the fashion stores. We went to a few, like I'll I'll talk about them later, but like we went to Kinokuniya for manga. We went to Comic-Con, which was my first ever Comic-Con. And kind of my impression of Comic-Con is like it's this big in my opinion, like after doing it, it was this big cosplay fest, right? Where people dress up. I think that's the most exciting thing. People dressing up as their favorite superheroes or comic book characters or movie characters and kind of living out their dreams of kind of being a celebrity in some ways. Like you had the Spider-Man dress up people who, you know, were just running the show. You had kids running up to them, grown men, grown women running up to them. And it's just funny to see, um, it was a huge, huge venue. Javits Center uh, by Hudson Yards is the location of Comic-Con every year in New York City. And that building is giant. I mean, just absolutely giant. It was a cool experience to experience Comic-Con. I think that in the future, like what I what I would have wished I knew is that it's basically it's basically just venue heaven, right? Like we we uh when we got there like basically it's just like a major venue, major selling event Comic-Con was. There were other things going on, but by the time we got to New York City Comic-Con, um I had to do some modeling beforehand with Collegium actually, so we were a little bit late to Comic-Con. By the time we got there, we only really explored the booths that were selling different products. And for whatever reason, um, I was kind of hoping Comic-Con had more experiential stuff involved with the experience. Um, that's kind of funny to say, experiential stuff with the experience. But yeah, that's something that just stood out to me. It was just a lot of like, you know, people selling things and people, you know, re- having retail spaces. There were even sneakers and stuff being sold, which was interesting. Um a lot of like Funko Pops and figures and things like that. For me personally, I'm not the biggest like Funko Pop uh, type of person. I like to collect certain objects, but not Funko Pops. I don't know. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to see. It wasn't like mind blowing. There were some cool like structures. I love Dragon Ball. They had a cool Dragon Ball section. Um, but the section that I feel like we w- we should have spent more time in and we only did at the end was this section called Artist Alley. And Artist Alley, one second, I gotta drink some tea. Artist Alley was basically a section of the convention where all of the most legendary comic book artists were creating one-of-one commission pieces, signing autographs, and it was really cool. And I learned after the fact that actually my favorite artist was supposed to be there. His name is Kim Jung-ji. He's an absolute fantastic artist. One of the people that made me get into art after basketball was him, was his ability to draw. He uses a brush pen. Absolutely legendary artist, Kim Jung-ji. If you don't know him, look him up. He's absolutely legendary. But unfortunately, he was supposed to be there. Unfortunately, um, on the flight over from a European tour he was doing, he's supposed to be at Comic-Con, he actually passed away. And it actually makes me really sad because um, Kim Jung-ji... He, he, I could have had the opportunity to meet him and he'll never know, you know, how much, 
his art really impacted me. One of the best artists of all time. I really, really implore you to look him up. I gotta get some more tea here. That's good. That's good stuff right there, boy. <laughs> but yeah, Artist Alley was a cool part. Comic Con was interesting. Comic Con was cool. Um, New York City is always so lively. Um, in fact, I, I think we pushed it just a little bit too hard. The sickness that I'm currently going through is a result of being in New York City, being, uh, you know, traveling and, you know, I wear my mask and things like that for a lot of the kind of very high foot trafficked areas, but I still got sick, which is unbelievable. Um, sometimes I think it's a sensitivity to cigarette smoke and like cigarettes and things like that, but oh well. Um, and then, you know, for the majority of the time or all the time I was in New York, of course I was documenting, making a video. There will, there will be a video that goes live this Sunday. Um, this episode goes live on the 14th, which means Sunday is the 16th. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm really excited about this new YouTube video. It's going to be kind of showcasing my time in New York City beyond just talking about it. But yeah, I love I love New York. Uh, for whatever reason, this time it was more like a love-hate situation because I got sick because I was there but it, it, it just has that energy and um, to speak on the pop-up a little bit absolutely fantastic job from Nick uh, Collegium and the entire staff there it was a really fun pop-up I felt really honored to be there um, it's kind of hard to talk about a pop-up that's why I think when the video comes out it'll do more justice to the visual aspect of everything but uh, yeah it was just a very cool time in New York really really fun and um, I'm glad to be back home. It's always a good feeling to come back home from a trip and just want to get things revved up from a work standpoint. I love making videos and I love talking and I love talking fashion and life and all these kind of things with you guys. So being back home is like just a nice feeling to me, like to be able to make things again and not just spend money on food. Oh yeah. That's another thing. New York is so expensive. I got asked a bunch of times while I was there at the pop-up from people who, you know, wanted to meet me, wanted to show up to the pop-up, would I ever move to New York? The answer to that question is no. It's way too expensive. And your boy is not securing enough goo-op yet for him to comfortably live in New York. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what the title of this podcast episode is all about, which is... I, moments ago, literally 20 minutes ago, just eclipsed 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Let's go! Okay, sorry. I'm so sorry. That that probably blew out your eardrum. I'm so sorry. But this moment, man, I've been waiting on this moment ever since I started this channel. I started my YouTube channel. And I kind of wanted to talk about like what emotions I'm feeling, what it took to get there. And just kind of give you guys an overall feeling of someone who set a goal and accomplished it. Because it's seldom that, you know, well, not seldom, but like it's important, I feel like, to share wins. There are so many things happening in the world that we're told about that make things seem either, you know, impossible or make things seem hard or, you know, life is tough. That's all I'm trying to say is like life is tough. So it's important to celebrate these wins when they come, when they happen, right? So. Um, when I started my YouTube journey, it was about two years ago, 2020, uh, the fall time of 2020. So almost exactly two years ago in 2020, I started making videos consistently. 
And I did that because I thought I, you know, I wanted to be a, a thought leader when it comes to, you know, online fashion, social media fashion, that kind of community, that space. And I just started talking about shoes because like that was the most obvious and easiest thing to talk about. And um, I remember having many conversations. Sorry. I remember having many conversations with my mom, my dad, my girlfriend who were, you know, looking at me like, well, Drew, like, you know, this is the course you're going to take with your life. You know, Um, I had worked private. I had worked previously as a window salesman earlier in 2020 before the pandemic started. Then the pandemic started. Then I worked during the summer. And um, I thought that creating a YouTube channel would help, you know, me build more stable income and do something that I'm passionate about, which is talk about fashion, talk about my life and talk about things that I care about. And so I just started and I just remember like them looking at me and they're not looking at me, but like them talking to me about, you know, Drew, are you sure you want to do this? Is this the right course for your life? And it's hard to be so vehemently sure about something while also having that doubt in your own mind. But I told them, yeah, like I want to make YouTube videos. I'm going to do this. Give me at least 100 videos. Give me 200 videos and I'll show you what I'm capable of. And after 201 videos, that's the total amount of videos I've made on YouTube as a platform. I have reached 100,000 subscribers and the journey from two years ago to now is just looking back and thinking about, you know, getting the camera that I'm using now to record uh, video for the audio version of this podcast, um, getting this microphone, you know, not until literally 2021 and using a lavalier tiny mic in my hand for the the majority of my videos and all the different evolutions that I've been through when it comes to creating videos and being a storyteller and being a teacher in a lot of ways. Um, it's, it's an unbelievable, just reckoning for myself, reckoning, rec, 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 reckoning. Yeah. Reckoning. <laughs> it's unbelievable, right? Because when you start something, you just, you, you have a lot of energy towards it, but that energy goes away after a month, after two months, And you have to somehow find it within yourself to believe in yourself more than what the outside world wants to give you credit for. Because they see you as someone who, yeah, he can do it, but like, can he do it actually? Like, and you have to prove everyone, including yourself, right over and over and over again and continue to create and continue to develop your skills and continue to evolve as a creative, as a videographer, as a storyteller, as a speaker, and that's what I still am doing to this day with this podcast, with YouTube, with TikTok, all the things. And um, I think reaching 100K really proves that I love making YouTube videos because it was not an easy task. There, there are so many countless hours put into trying to reach this goal. And this was always my goal was to be at 100,000. Always my goal. And that goal was broken down into smaller goals, obviously. First, it was get to the first 100, then get to the first 500, 1,000, 10, 20, 50, 75. And then, you know, by the time you get to 50, by the time you get to 25, you know you're on your way. You have built an uh, immense amount of momentum. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why I was able to accomplish 100K because of patience. I had the patience 
You know, some people wait five, six, seven, eight years to get a hundred thousand. I did it in two, which I feel a sense of pride about because it's not easy. Um, but you still have to be patient. You know, every day, every month, there are moments that you know will challenge you and t- and, and push you to say, "Do I really want to do this?" And you have to be patient. You have to know that, you know, even though this video didn't do well this week or this day, you can always make another one. So. Deploy patience for any creative endeavor where you have a significant goal that you want to accomplish. And then consistency. It's so boring like to say consistency and patience. But it's just so true. I need some more tea. <sighs> yeah, that's good. It's so boring to say patience and consistency. But they, those two ideas, those two ideas for improvement are pillars in why I've been able to sustain my passion and my drive to grow my channel to 100,000 subscribers. And then I think another reason why I grew relatively fast over the course of the last two years, um, and there's of course people who are growing even faster than me right now. Like we had Fashion Lover 4 on the podcast, and I believe he's he's around 20,000, 20, 20 plus thousand I think he's done that within a matter of three months. Uh, he's going to reach heights that I never could have reached in the time frame that he has. So there's always someone underneath you. There's always someone hungry uh, who's also making strides. And that's inspiring. That, that inspires me. Like it's not a, really a, even a competition. He's really inspiring. But I think one of the biggest reasons that I grew besides patience and consistency was this hunger to this hunger to learn more, this hunger to improve as a as a content creator for a lack of better words i guess it's a that's a good word content creator um and by hunger to improve like there were and i still am but there were many many months where you know i just was so obsessed with getting better at creating youtube videos whether it was using animations or microphones or whether it was jokes or trying to be more my personality or whether it was skits like just an insatiable hunger to want to grow the channel, to want to make better videos for the audience. And that's what it comes down to. And I mean, not to deviate, but I'm going to for one second. Um, I think in today's world, with all the tools available, making videos is the just most amazing tool there is to connect with people at scale. What other ways can, in in the past, can you connect with other people? Can you grow an audience? Can you create community at scale than right now with social media, with platforms like YouTube? And it's just, I don't know, that also drove me and continues to drive me right now is how can I make the the next best video for myself? How can I make it 1% better? And um, that hunger for improvement is just, I feel like it's really pushed me to to the level that I am now at 100k. I talked about momentum as well. Momentum is just so wonderful. <laughs> once you have momentum going, it's amazing. You you don't have to work as hard, but for me, I like to work double as hard when momentum is going because it's just another accelerator. So momentum is awesome. It's just yeah, it's just a surreal moment for me right now accomplishing this goal, reaching 100k. I I, I can't say thank you enough to all the people who have supported the the journey. It, it makes me want to cry a little bit. Like, I'm that happy about it. Like, not sad, just tears of joy. Like, I'm just, yeah, 
it's unbelievable. Um, last thing I want to touch on for this episode as it relates to how I just hit a hundred thousand, um, is this analogy. And I actually heard this analogy from a very controversial figure. I won't mention him right now, but, um, there's a analogy of like when you set out to climb Mount Everest, um, you obviously need to prepare beforehand and in your preparation, you acquire a subset of skills and tools to aid you in climbing Mount Everest, the mountain. But there's something that it's really powerful that happens once you set out on your journey to climb the mountain. As you begin to climb, you begin to rely on your tools, but you realize along the way that you don't have all the tools necessary for climbing Mount Everest. And that's just the way goal setting life works. You you prepare, there are some things that come up that you can't anticipate. And so what, what do you do? You either fold and you have to maybe try again, or it takes you a little while to overcome a specific obstacle. But either way, or or either way, you begin to develop new skills as you're pursuing your goal. As you're climbing the mountain, you're acquiring even more tools beyond the preparation stage of your journey. And that's so important because you can um, anticipate so much when it comes to YouTube, when it comes to um, uh, trying to accomplish any goal that's worthwhile. You can anticipate a lot of the hiccups that you have. You can't anticipate how you'll react. So you, you have to live in the moment and you have to react and you have to go through it. And you have to accumulate those skill sets as you're going through those obstacles in order to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. And that's something that I've learned with creating YouTube videos is that there's so much that I've learned um, by just doing, by being in the gutter, by being, you know, in the trenches, for a lack of better words, and for just giving my all to something every week, every day, my everything, my thoughts, my time, my energy, giving it all I could all the time. And I think and I hope people see how much passion I have for what I do, and hopefully it inspires or influences others to also seek to be the best versions of themselves and i think that's what i ultimately hope my channel yeah that's definitely what i ultimately hope my channel has done for people is you know while it has given them confidence for you know buying particular items of clothing i look at clothing as a vessel for a much deeper message which is to help people realize that you can live a fulfilled life and in the process try to live a a fulfilled life myself and show others and demonstrate through my life that they can also do that so yeah not to get too all sappy philosophical but you know me if you've listened to the podcast we get there we get there often so um thank you guys so much for your support and hopefully one day i'll get the podcast to a hundred thousand two downloads or listeners but either way i'm really enjoying just having these conversations reflecting it's just like a digital diary for me in some respects um yeah as always i'm spreading peace love and positivity in 2022 so that means i'm spreading peace love and positivity to you wherever you are in the world have a wonderful rest of your day abianto peace we'll see you next week